Good morning and welcome to the Pay It Forward podcast. As you know, Pay It Forward is all about connecting people, about sustainability, green practices, and well-being. So today we would thought, thought we would talk about shipping because uh, we would like to see the U.S. shipbuilding industry increased and to use innovative practices, green practices, and open trade between U.S. ports. Because as many people may not be aware, there is a law in effect called the Jones Act. And the Jones Act requires that shipping between two U.S. ports utilize vessels that are built, owned, and operated by Americans. Less than 1% of the world's ships are built in the United States. So because of this law, commerce is restricted in, in many areas. Uh, for instance, Mitchell, do you, uh, you've been to Puerto Rico before. Can you discuss how possibly the Jones Act affects commerce between the mainland and Puerto Rico? Yeah, you know, you know, going to Puerto Rico, I would say, you know, most of the pro products there actually come from Brazil and South America and Mexico. Um, like you said, the, the lack of cargo ships means the lack of opportunity and that, you know, and, and supply and demand raises the price. So the cost of shipping something from the United States to Puerto Rico is twice as much. Um, I think it, it hurts the people there because they're not able to trade with the mainland um, as much. So the, the industry there kind of are weakened. They have to do their own private shipping um, for the big industries there. Uh, so having a solution or a compromise for the Jones Act could, you know, and, and you know, I have been other places, a place like Guam. Um, there's, you know, you look at Alaska, you look at Hawaii, they have the same problems in terms of needing to have uh, a U.S. ship go port to port. Um, Alan, for sake, you, you have a, an immense amount of experience in shipping in general. Uh, what's your opinion? Well, um, basically through the years, I've um, run some small business that require getting material, getting machinery, getting um, merchandise or, or what, whatever uh, between order 48 or 50 states. So if it is within the 48 states, then the choice is either rail or um, truck. But I think if we add like a, a ship option, even within uh, the 48 contiguous states, for example, like from Seattle, Washington to Oakland, California, if there's a regular ship route uh, for merchandise that are not very urgent situation, this will kind of lower the cost and at least give more competition to the trucking. Mm -hmm. And also just, I think you can add other like uh, unexpected tourism so people can ride like uh, maybe on a different deck from from one state to another. So that's just my um, wish that I can see this. And actually, it's not rocket science. The U.S. actually has the best technology in terms of GPS, in terms of propulsion material, you know, and we have all the bright scientists uh, that are different industries. So if we do some kind of 
shipping um, for the US only, we can probably customize um, the using technology and bright scientists or whatever infrastructure that we have. And um, again, we don't have to compete with other people because it's a big enough country that we should, you know, have billions, if not trillions of trade using the new ships, either both cargo or tourism or other unexpected um, possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do know that prior to the Jones Act, um, the U.S. did build cargo ships and we were one of the world leaders. But then when the Jones Act happened, most of the shipyards converted to building uh, ships for the military. So currently there's only a couple um, companies that build ships in the United States. One reason why we don't have so, you know, we don't have any ships. Right. I mean, the vessel, U.S. vessels that comply with the Jones Act uh, dwindled from 2,300 vessels in 1946 to less than 100 today. And many of those are very old and very expensive to maintain. So it affects places like Puerto Rico, who rely on container ships often to get goods. And one of the worst parts about these older ships is bunker fuel. Uh, Mito, can you tell uh, everyone what bunker fuel is? Um, sure, I'll go explain to you. It's like when you know when you have like the like the the oil, the crude oil, or, or, or any type of fuel. It, it's the bottom of the barrel. It's the gummy stuff. It's the worst parts of it. And when they get out into the ocean, international waters to save money, they they burn this stuff, and it pollutes more than I believe all the cars on the planet. Mm. Um, and it's done in international waters. It's not police. It's just part of their system of keeping costs down. Yeah, uh, I've I mean, heard that it's pitch black and thick as molasses. So can you imagine? And it, like you said, it's the dregs of the refining process. Yeah. So it's probably harmful. Is that true, Alan? I mean, it's harmful. Yeah, because uh, this one, because these boats are, or ships, they are meant to travel long distance across around the world. And also there's no regulation because once you're outside like a hundred miles, 200 miles, that's international water. So you cannot force people because there's no law or, or they can cheat. Uh, but if we do it using pay it forwards influence, uh, even though we are traveling to international water, I think we'll do the right thing and either not use bunker fuel or we can filter or do something using technology. So mm -hmm. this way we can, we don't, we don't need to harm uh, other human beings in the world. See, people think that when they're 200 miles off the coast, that if they do something bad to the air, that it will not affect, but then the wind blows around the world. So whatever happened in the middle of the ocean, somebody's going to get hurt by breathing the dirty air you may, maybe a day later maybe two days later yeah. but with the technology that we have um and um all, all it takes is some bright scientists get together it may not cost that much more mm -hmm. and I, I know in previous discussions we talked about them being smaller cargo ships 
um, in terms of the, the bigger ones, because we're all going from domestic port to domestic port. Well, I'm thinking like uh, FedEx, if you look at the FedEx fleet, uh, obviously FedEx is strictly land. So they have tiny, you know, like uh, SUVs, uh -huh. when they deliver documents, they don't need a big truck. They just need like a small SUV and then they deliver like 20 boxes of document. And then they go all the way to a triple trailer because they can have, you know, one driver that towed three big semis. So, but for the ship around, if we do ship building around the 49 or 48 states or 50 states, we, we are not limited to just the big gigantic one, the Samsung or the big multi-billion dollar vessels. Because those, they are meant to travel long distance from Asia to Europe to the US. See, we can have different combinations, even along the coast, like from maybe Arizona to Texas or, you know, what, yeah. and anywhere there's either internal rivers or ocean. Or, so if we have uh, these available, then when the broker plays uh, either a pallet or maybe a container or whatever, then they can look at what is availability. So it can be a small ship, can be a medium ship, can be a big ship, or can be a combination. Maybe it can go from Seattle, Washington to Oakland, California on a boat or ship. And then after that, then go on train. And after that, it, you know, you can, you can yeah. route different with the software. Basically, we can, we can do that. Mm -hmm. We're giving another variable to the logistics. Um, we'll get, I think, give people more opportunity especially looking just back to Puerto Rico, them having a route to New York and Miami and, you know, other ports like that could help grow that entire economy. Right. Absolutely. Because I was reading some statistics and it says the average cost to ship a 20 foot container ship to Puerto Rico container to Puerto Rico from the U S is 3,500 versus 1100 mm. in the Dominican Republic or other nearby islands. And it's more economical for Hawaiian ranchers to transport cattle to Canada rather than wait for a Jones Act ship to take them to California. So, I mean, it's just mind blowing that we don't have, we're the United States and we don't have the uh, capacity to, you know, benefit all these places with lower costs, um, availability of goods. And I think building with new green sustainable technologies is um, certainly worthwhile. And the, what, as you mentioned, Alan, it's not only just these big ports, anywhere that there are two ports with waterways uh, domestically uh, could also help a great deal. What are some of the other technologies that you think we could uh, be, could be utilized on the container or the cargo ship? Well, one thing that I'm thinking about is the green methanol. Um, hmm. So methanol is a kind of um, interesting fuel that most people don't like talk about. Um, methanol, most of the methanol that you get, you want to buy or order today are refined from natural gas or petroleum. So it's not a green or renewal product. And also uh, it's not used typically for fuel. 
because it's uh, there's really no benefit or yet or, or there's no uh, um, particular way that they engineer the methanol strictly for um, ship ship traveling, for example. Now with the green methanol, if you look at all the publications by university professors, uh, it's proven that it's not that difficult to make green methanol. And the green or renewable methanol that I'm referring to is from uh, organic waste, like hmm. uh, all the dead trees in around the country, all the unwanted agricultural byproducts. So let's say if you do soybean, uh, I guess the husk or certain part is not edible. So they have to typically take it to a landfill or destroy it somehow. Same thing with rice, the rice husk. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of vegetation, um, you know, along the highway, you know, of uh, different states. When they trim these trees, they have to do something to it. So with the green methanol, what we can do or pay forward can come up with a program that can collect these unwanted byproducts around the country or even around the world. And then we can use those from a uh, technology standpoint to convert it to renewable methanol. So if we do this, the only uh, cost, hard cost, is probably labor or, or engineers and scientists. So once we get it going, then we get a limited supply of renewable or green methanol. And with the green methanol, now we can uh, use pipelines, we can use trucks, we can use even ships to move from whatever port to another port. And if we use that for ship traveling, then you'll be 100% pollution free mm -hmm. because we will not be burning anything. We are converting the methanol into electricity. The electricity will propel the ship. So wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I think the green methanol is a great technology. Um, to add to that, uh, I think the shipbuilding process in general um, one thing about the Jones Act is you have people debating whether we should keep it or whether we should get rid of it. And our outlook on it is just, let's just build more cargo ships. So, you know, using modern technology to build these ships and methods to where we can be sustainable and efficient will allow us to have a fleet of ships that could be useful. Um, and again, we, we haven't done that in you know, a long time in this country. We really focused on that. So it will be cool to modernize that industry as well. Well, actually with the new robotic technology and also the material uh, that new scientists can research, we are not at the disadvantage from a cost standpoint when we compare to building in other countries. As long as this, um, we're doing something kind of uh, unique, then even if the ship costs slightly more, but then it provides other technology benefits, people will still buy it. Yes. And I think, you know, 
that, as Mitchell said, there, you know, there are people, pros and cons of why we should or should not keep the Jones Act. And a lot of it has to do with um, national security. I mean, that's when the law was put in place. Um, but having, if the Jones Act is in place and we build our own ships, we increase jobs, uh, we increase commerce, uh, we become less dependent on other countries. So I think we should go back to doing more manufacturing in the U.S. and become a shipbuilding powerhouse. Again, would help a, a lot of industries and people. And that's what we're, what Pay It Forward is all about. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be um, like gigantic shipments. Mm -hmm. no. like, uh, Maybe 10, 10 years ago, I got a referral from a like a travel company in Hawaii. So they have regular brochures that they want to print. But right now they have to source it uh, from Canada, from Australia. I said, I, I can print it for you. And they said, we'd love to. But then after I print it in California, I have no way to get it to Hawaii in a cost-effective manner. Mm. Because the only way to ship, let's say if I do hundred thousand brochures the only way to ship it to hawaii is by air and that's too expensive because i, I can't find a cost-effective ship that can uh ship it so it doesn't have to be whatever ship that we think mm -hmm. in a big container. it can be normal normal stuff it could be cookies yeah. let's say i'm in oregon i have fantastic cookies that people want to enjoy around the country I can ship to all 48 states, but when it comes to Puerto Rico, Alaska, and Hawaii, the only way to ship is by air, and people cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, so, I mean, th this is a great idea. What are some steps to making it a reality? Well, you know, coming from pay it for it's the three of us here, but what do we need? You know, our listeners and, and their friends and family to do. Well, I was saying the first thing to do is to build like a committee or get people interested in exploring this further. It's really not that complicated. We just need some kind of um, uh, awareness. So let's say in, in addition to the three of us, let's imagine that like we have 500 people that mm -hmm. understand the dynamics of this. And then now we can figure a way to reach more people. So the first step is probably recruit professors and engineers or academic, because they probably have a lot of research already on green methanol, on ship, on mode, GPS, you know, the auto radar, and and then we just uh, use the the more the newest technology guidance, you know, whatever, um, com combining with the military um, ship. You know, obviously not the cutting edge one or the, but there's still a lot, lot, lot of things that we can pick uh, from these industries. Yeah. You know, the, yacht, the luxury yacht industry, I'm sure there are a lot of technology that we can copy. We don't have to make it beautiful or mm -hmm. gold plated, but I'm sure there's new material things that are stainless steel and so forth. So once we do it, well, then we can maybe raise some money using pay it forward to build a prototype, you know, it could be like a 50 to one scale. 
then we can move, you know, a few things. Uh, just like FedEx, you know, smaller cargo van instead of the semi. Then once we book, start booking this, then people look at uh, new possibilities. Then it become like a, 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 its own uh, infrastructure. We can we can build small one, medium one, large ones. Hmm. Right. That's how FedEx started, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is, they can buy from Ford, GM, and <laughs> a big freight company, but it's get the ship. Uh, you cannot order it yet. Or at least the new technology one. Yeah. But I remember when they first came out and it was like, wow, you could have something the next day or whatever. And look how it's grown. So imagine like you were saying a cookie shop owner or, you know, a cattle rancher suddenly has this option. And, you know, his market has just opened up to, you know, all these other locations. I mean, how exciting would that be? And imagine the growth potential. Yeah, just like right, the Maryland crabs, you can now ship uh, a load from Maryland all the way down to Florida by by ship, by green ship. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of who we are paid for, you know, is, is these ideas called the domino effect. You know, we're, we change one thing and hopefully we change a lot more. Just keep following. Very true. Yes. Uh, anything else that either one of you uh, care to add about shipping or transportation uh, in general? I think there's a potential in tourism. Hmm. Because uh, a while back, I was in Boston, and this they call like a duck boat or something. Oh, yeah. World War II thing. So it's, we can go on land and water. So actually, we can probably organize something. Maybe we can move some kind of uh, Virginia beef to a different state, but also like decorate a, a deck for birthdays and so forth. And then in conjunction with helicopters, then we get creation experience that people may may not be able to uh, accomplish. Yeah. yeah. How many people have said they've ridden on a cargo ship or a container ship? And, yeah. <laughs> and then they would also be learning, you know, about what went into the company, how it was built, what the green technologies are and the benefits. And yeah, and, the, and they will pay it forward by, you know, telling people about their experience. Yeah. And I, I'm excited about, you know, bringing the other states and territories into our you know, local commerce and opening up doors for entrepreneurs on both sides. Mm -hmm. And who knows that uh, this trips, even though it's meant to like uh, get around the Jones Act, we might be able to sell to other countries. So people like American new products. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it can definitely scale and expand. For sure. Well, I guess we'll conclude today's podcast on shipping, but uh, we do plan to schedule additional podcasts on this topic, of course, because we do want to move it forward. And uh, we'll look forward to maybe having a shipping a consultant or um, manufacturer uh, join us to give us some of their professional insight. But until next time, thank you for joining us today. 
and keep paying it forward. Thank, Thank you. you, Mitchell. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.